if you know, I have Naomi, um, normally sitting out the back with the rowdy little one, <laughs> who was left conveniently at home with his sister this morning. Um, <laughs> as you know, I'm not a preacher. I don't write sermons. In fact, the last time I preached, I was 17. So it's been a couple of years. So this morning, instead of me preaching, I'm going to come and speak to you about something that is very close to my heart. I want to talk to you about how each of us is made for a very, very unique purpose. Um, when I was a child, I used to just imbibe books, and if mum left a book around, I would quickly chew through it faster than anything until there was pretty much nothing left in the house. So when I was eight, I came across two incredible books that became women, that became my heroes, um, and they were biographies. It's kind of strange for an eight-year-old to want to read them, but the first one was Catherine Kuhlman, and you've probably heard of her. She was an incredible lady of faith who used as a healing ministry and evangelist in America. And she became an absolute um, hero for me that she stood up. And then the second person was someone that um, really struck something close to my heart. And I'm going to share a little bit of her story this morning. And her name is Amy Carmichael. And Amy Carmichael was born in 1867, so it's quite a long time ago. But the reason, I'm just going to go into the story. So she was um, a wealthy young girl, one of seven siblings. And when she was little... She um, was going to a birthday party, as any normal little child would be doing. Um, Mum bought her a new frock. She had her hair up in curls. Everything was perfect. And she looked in the mirror before she was about to go. And instead of seeing the little girl that she was, she just burst into tears because she looked in the mirror and there were these brown hair and brown eyes. And she's like, what is this, God? Why did you give me brown eyes? All I want is blue eyes. And, she, you know, God, you're a healer. You're a mighty God. You opened the, the waters for the Israelites, and yet I have blue eyes. I don't have blue eyes. And she was devastated, and she went to the party and had a wonderful time, but every night from that point on, she would get on her knees and say, God, turn my eyes from brown to blue. And she'd wake up with great expectation and run to the mirror to see the gradual change of her eyes turning to blue, and it didn't happen. And she could not work out why, because... This is, this is a mighty God. She goes to Sunday school, she goes to church, and she hears about the great and incredible things that God was doing, but he wasn't changing her eyes. You know, she's like, I'm praying about it, I'm putting it before you, but it's not happening. And, you know, life went on, and probably, you know, uh, things got crowded out. And as she, um, when she was 18, she actually gave her life to the Lord, singing that beautiful song, um, of, Jesus loves us, this I know, for the Bible tells us so. And she was changed. And she'd always had a heart for God, but there was something new. And a couple of weeks later, she was walking home. She was in Ireland. And she um, saw this lady. And they called them shawlies because they couldn't afford hats. So they, the old, this old poor lady with a shawl over her head, carrying all these burdens. And her and her brothers went to go and help the old lady carry her bags as they were leaving church. And she saw the rich people from church. She was a very wealthy young girl. Um, and she was ashamed. And she turned her head and then God spoke to her in an audible voice and told her, it doesn't matter what you do if your heart is not of love. And she was struck. She, from that point on, she realized, I'm never going to do anything without my heart of love. And she had a heart for those people. And she ended up going and living amongst the poor in Ireland. She, she funded on her own, well, made got money miraculously come together to make what was called the tin church but it affected her so deeply that her health was damaged it went on um, 
And when she was recovering, she heard another voice, an audible voice from God. I wish I heard that. (laughs) An audible voice from God saying, be a missionary. I want you to go out to the people and tell them about God. So she did this. Um, She was knocked back from China because her health was too bad. She went to Japan. After a year, she had to come home. Her health wasn't good enough. She reapplied to CMS and she went to India down on the southern tip and trawled away and learnt Tamil, which was an incredibly hard language. Um, and she would go out and preach in the, uh, in the streets near the fountain and no one would listen to her. <laughs> but she was English. <laughs> she was dressed as an English lady in India and they were in an area where um, the, English, the English had just come in and taking everything away from Indians. So they weren't going to listen. She came home and she cried on her knees and she looked at herself in the mirror and she goes, oh, they're not going to listen to me because I'm not as them. So she went and spoke her serving girl and she put on a sari and she got coffee and she painted her arms and all her visible skin brown and she looked in the mirror and they weren't blue eyes. <laughs> they were brown eyes. She looked like one of the people she was reaching out to. And that day as she went and spoke by the fountain, it was the first time that people actually stopped and listened. People were willing to come and hear her. And... Um, a few days later, she heard the saw someone smashing on her door. And there's this young girl there saying, help me, help me, give me refuge. She was only very little. And she said, and she said I heard your message of how the great saviour Jesus loves us and I've come to you for help. And she said, um, what's wrong? She goes, I have been given, my mother was a widow and gave me to the Hindu temple as a prostitute and I wanted to escape. And so she came And Amy took her in, um, which at that time was, she's a young single lady in India, um, incredibly standing against everything there. She she would probably die for what was going on. And she didn't just stop at that. She she set out to stop the trafficking in the name of, the child trafficking in the name of Hinduism. And she started taking in every little child she could come. It started with girls and she started taking in boys. And um, you can imagine the monks were very angry. (laughs) They'd lost their slaves. They'd lost their income. And so one evening they were planning and they came to um, actually attack her to kill her. And word came to her, you are going to die tonight. And as she she had two little kids with her and their haven was outside the village and quite a long way out of town, she said, God, I, I, I don't know what to do. I can't stay in this house. It is not safe. They are going through every home. They are smashing. They're going to kill. They, I'm going to die. And God gave her peace. And he, she looked down at it. She happened to glance in a mirror and she looked Indian. <laughs> she had brown eyes. She had brown hair. She was wearing a sari. She grabbed the two little kids' hands and she walked bravely out. And as the monks were rushing at her with, you know, they had these big, big knives. They spoke to her and she said in Tamil (laughs) where she was going and they didn't even recognise that she was the English lady they'd come to kill. She walked past them, she went and found Haven and that night she realised intricately God had made her for a purpose. Before she was even born, he put her together in her mother's womb. Brown hair, brown eyes, a quick mind to cover herself so that she looked fit in with the people that she's speaking to. She actually stopped child trafficking in 1948. She appealed to the government 
And in 1948, it was illegal for the Hindu temple to sell children um, because of her social work there. And the thing, the orphanage, well, it's now a hospital, an orphanage, and a teaching place is in Donahua, down in South India, and it's still running today more than 100 years later, and there's 500 residents there today because of a young girl who God has made for a purpose. You are each put together for a purpose. It is not by accident that you are sitting where you are sitting. It is not by accident that maybe you look the way you are, that you are built the way you are, the way you think. God has intricate plan for you, so intricate that he has put it together from the very beginning. Um, sorry, I'm talking down my notes. <laughs> Nothing is by accident. Your gifts, your talents, your looks, what sex you are, that is all for a reason. Everything is for a purpose and you are loved by your magnificent creator. One who not only loves you, but loves you lavishly and abundantly. You are his greatest creation. Unique to only yourself. Yep, even if you're an identical twin, you are unique to you. With your gifts and talents and your purpose for God and your plan that he has put before you were even born. And your purpose to be here was before. No one can run so far or do anything so terrible that God does not, the Heavenly Father stops loving you and wants to revel in your company. Ephesians 3, 17 to 20, sorry, if we can just skip through this. It says, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all of God's holy people, to grasp how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ, to know this love that it surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us. And then again in Romans 8:39, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Your purpose is not limited by your circumstances. Sometimes we think that, well, you know, maybe God's got a plan, but I've stuffed it up. <laughs> I'm not doing what I should be. God will promises to bring everything good to those that love him in Romans 8, 28. It is not limited by your past. God writes you a new feature. It's kind of like, you know, you've used like, um, we've got in our car, we type in where we want to go. And then if we go a better route, because I think it's better than what they're telling me to do, it goes route recalculation. I feel that that's a little bit like God. He still has that end purpose for you. But sometimes we make our choices that maybe aren't exactly what he wants. He does a route recalculation. It doesn't, you haven't stuffed up and ruined your life. God has that plan for you there and a purpose that, that still remains. Route recalculation, he's going to get you there and he's going to still be able to use you because you are made for a purpose. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. It's not limited by our looks, the way the word values us, by what we say or don't say. Um, as the Bible says, the wisdom of God is seen as foolishness. So what the world values isn't necessarily what is right. The traditions that are surrounding possibly women in ministry the traditions that are put on different people, if it is not following what the word of God says, we do not stand for that. 
we have to get back to the word of God, get back to our foundations, hunt through the word ourselves, find people that can, if we're finding difficulties in finding that, that can show us scriptures that we can get to, but do it for ourselves, be hungry for the word of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18 is where it says about the foolishness of the world. Your purpose is not certainly limited by your nationality, by your colour of your skin or what sex you are. And in the same way, we should never, ever limit others in God's ability to fulfil their purpose because, for example, what sex you are, which has traditionally happened in the church, as Neil's been speaking about. Um, I was brought up in a church and... Um, I thought, yeah, women have always got their place, but they should never be a pastor on their own. They should always have like a male pastor above them. But I haven't actually been able to find that anywhere in the Bible that says that. That was just something that I had picked up and I just felt intuitively, no, that's how it should be. This is something that I'm wanting, getting more into the word of God about as well, because God does, doesn't see us as any different, male or female, slave or free. We are all filled with the Holy Spirit and God has that purpose for us. He doesn't say, oh, I've got a purpose for you, but more better purpose if you're a man. <laughs> you have a bit of a more of a lowly purpose because you're female. You know, we'll, we'll cover you up and put you to one side. Maybe go out and work with the kids. That's probably a good spot for you. That is not how God is. And I, uh, you know, Catherine Coleman, one of the greatest evangelists in the American time um, with this incredible healing ministry with, uh, um, was a, a female. <laughs> she didn't, wasn't put back because she was a female and she, she stood out and she was a single female as well. She, was, she didn't have a husband by her side. She was up there doing it. Um, so what we need to do is say, Lord, send me. Let me be your hands and your feet. Take me where you want me to be. Let my mind be continually renewed and refreshed by your word. It's the Bible, guys. It, it's not a secret. It's freely given to each of us there. You know, we've got access on our phones. We've got a Bible probably in our, next to our beds. Or we can, We've got so much access to it here um, today. It's easier for us than obviously sending the other people overseas. But Lord, let our tongues and our words be used to edify those around us and speak God's truth to those who need it. We had this incredible speaker here, Bronwyn Healy. He was on the 15th of um, last month. And she actually prayed those very words. I, I don't know how many of you actually hear this. She was, um, she's the CEO of Hope Foundation and she seeks to help women fighting addiction and possibly working in the sex industry. Um, and she actually said that. She said, God used me and God is using her. With someone with a history of sex work and addiction to heroin in, of the world, you'd say, I'm sorry, you... You're done, you know, don't, you don't really have anything worth saying, you're broken, I don't want you. But she has an incredible ministry, another female. That I'm, I'm not just trying to point out females, but this is someone that God is using. She goes out and speaks to young kids. She's out there, she's doing the work. She's, she's a CEO of, of making a difference. And this is something that God has for each of you. We, none of us need to be tethered by our traditions, by our customs, by what others are putting on us. It is... Um, I just feel this in my heart so much that you are all so incredibly unique that we don't even realise our potential. We put ourselves back in a little box, lock ourselves away and say, you know, sip your lip, you're too busy, you don't need to worry about this and, and this isn't how it should be. We are on fire. God has filled us with the spirit. We do not have a spirit of fear but of power, might and a strong mind. 
and God is stepping out and God is wanting us to step out in that today from today let today be the day that we say God use me let me be your hands your feet your tongue and we often say but what about me I actually don't have any gifts I don't know how many of you you know when you finish year 12 and they go what are you going to do I'm still trying to work it out (laughs) um what are we going to do God has given you gifts and sometimes it's that deep thing deep in your heart that you may not have even spoken about that dream that seed that is planted there that um that desire Amy we spoke about how Amy Carmichael was given a desire for the lost each of us as a Christian has that but hers you know God spoke in an audible voice to her to go out some of you will have that desire in you maybe it's to teach but you don't have a bachelor it doesn't mean you have to be a teacher in schools if God's given you the gift of teaching teach we are blessed in the incredible ministry here that if 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 you God is leading you in a direction he will help you open doors to go to in that direction if you have a gift of preaching you'll get opportunities to preach if if God is is moving you in a particular way we are blessed with an incredible man <laughs> our pastor who wants to be God's hands and feet and to equip every one of you here today to be the people that God has made you to be. Um, Ecclesiastes 9, 10, 11 and 12. Um, if you can have that. Um, it's one of my favourite scriptures <laughs> and I pretty much run by that one. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favour to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. And moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. Time and chance will have, uh, is given to us all. We all have time now. We, where there is life, there is hope. We all have that now. Um, we have something to do, a chance to do something of eternal significance. Whatever falls before you, do it with all of your heart. None of us know how long we've got here. Like that. <laughs> um, I've just learned how fragile life can be. And I've been just speaking to some people before church, how incredibly fragile is life is. You're going through the normal motions of day-to-day life and or getting stressed about things that maybe you don't need to be stressed about. And suddenly you get that call on your phone. Your nephew has terminal cancer. There's been a horrific accident with someone you know or love. But someone has died that you love. And life stops. And everything that's dropped just drops away. It becomes superfluous. You don't even hear the gossip going around, the, the worries in the office. They, they, what becomes important are the most important things in your life. For me, it was my relationship with Christ and those around me. Do my friends and family in this situation have a relationship with Christ? Do they know Christ? Do they have someone that they can rely on, that they can run into his arms in those times of trouble? You know, my nephew had was diagnosed with terminal cancer and I remember, I can remember exactly where I was when I got the phone call and I just remember crying out to God, my first answer, God, be here. 
And he was. He was there for the, the 16 months before he passed away. But I have never been so close to God as what I was during that, that 16 months. Because I knew that God had his arms wrapped around every single member of my family. And he did something beautiful with each of our lives. So, and it's very easy for, as life crowds back in, to start worrying about the material things in our life, our jobs, our are we going the right place with our lives, are we going to have enough in our life insurance, whatever else. Um, or the little social media things, are, it's dross, it's nothing. Let's get back to business. Lord, let me be your hands and your feet. Whatever falls before you, do it with all of your heart. What's falling before you is not by accident. It's, um, it's placed there, doors open. Someone may say, look, I wonder, whether you're, I wonder if you preach in six weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. <laughs> um, whatever flies before you, do it with all of your heart. Because these are doors that God is opening. And yes, it's not always going to be easy. Life isn't easy. It's sometimes really, really tough, as you all know. Um, but imagine if someone was equipped, incredibly equipped as a gifted speaker, had a heart for God. And yet we said, I'm sorry, you can't do that because you're female. But they've got the call and everything else. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be? If someone got up here and said, look, I have a real heart to be, um, uh, to be a, a speaker and everything else, and they say, I'm sorry, you can't do it, you're too young. We'd say, well, that's stupid. Anyway, if God's equipping you, do it. In the same way, we are all equal in God's sight. And we need to, we've been listening to how Neil's been speaking about how traditions and customs have often, often been shaping us. And looking at the word about in the God, ugh, looking at the words in the Bible, how Jesus was a tradition breaker. You know, he had women learning at his feet. He was breaking the traditions that had been held in the past of where women's place, the so-called place was. I'm just going to jump a bit because we're running out of time. <laughs> um, Lord, send me, use me. The harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. Each of you cross paths with people all the time. Or maybe it's you that's desperately searching for something or meaning or purpose in your life. God loves every single one of you so much. He died the most excruciating death that every individual that ever was or ever will be will be free from sins, wrongdoings and their consequences of sin, which is death and separation from the one who loves us eternally. God, send me, use me. Thank you, God, for loving each of us, for forgiving our sins and helping others um, to find your great love for themselves. As it's written in Mark 16, 15 and Matthew 28, 19 and 28, the Great Commission, go into all the world and share the gospel. And the gospel just, just means the good news. Share the good news of Christ that none might be lost, as it says in John 6, 39 and 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of you at all, that he has given but rise them up in the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life and raise them in the last day. We are part of God's ministry team. Each of you is a part of a ministry team. Um, I looked really briefly at what Wiki defined ministry as. Um, so Wikipedia says 
and Christian. Ministry is the activity carried out by, ex by Christians to express and spread their faith. The prototype of being the Great Commission, which is what we just spoke about. Um, it is carrying Christ's mission to the world and is conferred upon each Christian in baptism. And some carry the office of minister, which just means they're being paid for it. <laughs> um, the rest of us live in the world and don't get paid for it, but do it with, with our hearts. You know, God has, has given us and put us in those places to reach where Neil's not in your office, guys. <laughs> your Bible study leader is not in your office. They, they don't work with you. They're not in your schoolyard. You are there for a purpose. There is someone who you work with that doesn't know Christ. You need to start saying, Lord, send me out. Take me out. You know, we, we, we sung that last song <laughs> where... Who's actually brave enough to do that and say, God, take me out of my depth in my faith, that my faith will grow, that I can make a difference for you. Every one of us is called to this ministry. Men, women, children, we're all, we're all equal before God, save and free. The Bible says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you that none might be lost. Um, every man, woman and child you know I'm here to speak about women in ministry today and I find myself speaking about everyone being asked to minister <laughs> I, I'm not here to just speak about women because God spoke to all of us that none of us is, is exempt or saying that you're different you can't do this we are all equal in his sight Women, you are not limited. You are in fact enabled by a God who loves you limitlessly, just as men and children and teens and everyone else. Likewise, for everyone, everyone has a distinct purpose. As we know from 1 Corinthians 12, an ear cannot be a hand or a foot or a mouth, and each of us has to fulfill what we are made to do. So I'm just going to read just a few verses. I was going to read a little bit more, but... Honestly, we're totally out of time. Just as, the, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all in its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. You each have a purpose that we are lost without. Every single person here, every single person has a purpose. You are not forgotten. You are not lost. You are not hollow. You are Christ-filled by the Holy Spirit. If you have made that decision for Christ, and if you haven't, Christ is longing to be with you. He created an incredible world for us and, and longs for that relationship with us. He, God pre-equips each of us with gifts and talents. And he didn't give us that spirit of fear, but a power, might, and a strong mind. Um, each of you know in the story of Peter, <laughs> there was a great storm and the disciples are in the boat. And it's like the last song was actually written about that. Um, as the storm lord comes, they see Jesus walking across the water. And, and Peter uh, says, Jesus, is it you? And um, he, Jesus says, come to me. And for as long as his eyes were on Christ, he did what the world says is impossible. He walked on water. I tried to walk in the water on, in, as a kid. Like, I was always just giving it a go. We had a pond and I'd give it a go. But God is the God of the impossible. 
he, he longs to increase our faith, that we will be stepping out. God, let me be your hands, let me be your feet. Let me do whatever falls before me, whatever falls before me. That it will bring glory to your name. And not in my strength, not by my might, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that is within me. Esther, a mighty woman of faith in the Bible, when Mordecai spoke to her, he said, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish, and who knows but that you have come to the kingdom of such a time as this. God's purpose will always win out, okay? God's got a plan. It's not like it can be destroyed if we say, you know what, God, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to do what I do. God will rise up another. But we are given the privilege to use what he has given. Green eyes, brown hair, <laughs> who knows? Um, God, use me. Don't, don't let me be a stumbling block to others. Let me help others on their journey. Because you are here for such a time as this. These words have not changed. God's Bible, the words in the Bible are for yesterday, today and tomorrow. You are here for such a time as this. Where you work is for a purpose. You do not know the people that are crossing your paths. Pray for those people in the shopping line in front of you. Pray for those in the office that don't know Christ. Boldly step out in faith. You have a sore back here, let me pray for it now. My God loves you. There was a, a couple, I'm just going to close that really quickly, in Brazil. And this is car. They were broken and they went to, can you have the slide up for that? It shows their property. In 1994, this man came back from the Rwandan war. He was a photographer. He's won awards all over the world for his photography and he was broken by what he'd seen there. And he bought uh, 15,000 hectares, acres, I, I, it's a lot of land, in the Brazilian rainforest that had been completely depleted of life. It had 0 0.005 trees left on it. This is just one little snapshot of the land. And if we can go to the next one. All right, so this is taken in 2000. And him and his wife decided that they would make a difference. No one else was making a difference. They said it could not be done. And he started planting trees. They planted two million trees. And as you can see, this is the aerial view. Um, just in the, the 12, 12 years there, um, it's now being made a sanctuary. They've got hundreds. The whole ecosystem is regrown. Imagine, this is what people did in a, in a physical sense with the world. Imagine what you can do in your ecosystem with the Christ, with the Holy Spirit that fills you. Luke 11, 11 to 13 says... Which of you, if your son asks for a fish, will give you a snake? Or an egg will give, will give you a scorpion? If you who are evil know how to give good, good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit who asks for? Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Send us out to be your hands and your feet. Um, I've just I've been praying over the last few weeks. The word that keeps coming back to me is that someone here feels that hollowness in them. There's a hollowness. It's not necessarily because they're not Christian, 
that they're feeling that they're not complete, that they're not doing everything in their life. That, and it could be more than one person. Um, I want us just to pray now that God, each of us, where we are feeling hollow in our lives, where we're not feeling doing everything that God has for us, not doing, opening all those doors that God puts before us, that he, he will fill us with his Holy Spirit and lead us forward. That his purpose will be revealed to us because God does have a purpose. He doesn't seek to hide it. It's not hidden that you've got to go hunting under rocks. So let's pray now. Praise and thank you, Lord, for your word and your scriptures that are real yesterday, today and forever. Lord, let us be your hands and your feet. Let us not be limited by the fact of whether we're women, men, children, whether we're uneducated or educated, slave or free, Lord. Let us stand out in faith and say, Lord, send me. Let, let us be your ministry. Let us be your leaders in the church. Lord, we pray now for those of us that are feeling hollow, that we're not doing everything that you want in our lives. Lord, use us. Open the doors that come before us. Bring us before places where you want us to go and give us the words to say. We pray, Father, that you fill each of us with your Holy Spirit, that we will walk in your mantle of peace. Go out with us as we step into the week and um, live the lives and as you have placed us where we are, for who knows, but that we are born for such a time as this and we are in Dal and we are in Palmerston, we are in the rural sector for such a time as this for the people that pass our way. Thank you, Lord Jesus.